Hi, my name's Jav, and you are listening to a special edition of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast, marking 100 episodes of the pod. On the 23rd of November 2014, we recorded the first ever episode of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Little did I think at the time that we'd record another episode the following week, let alone a further 100 episodes. This special episode is a collection of some of the lighter moments from the first season of the podcast. Thank you to all those who took part in those episodes, and indeed all of my guests over the last 100 episodes, and most of all to you, the listeners, for listening to and downloading the podcast. Thank you. Good evening and welcome to the inaugural The Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast Joining me this week, Bex Hello Head of the Johannesburg Spurs Supporters Club, Nikki Merritt. Hi, Dev. Carol from Surrey. Hello there. Devan from Leicester. Hello, everybody. Um, from sunny Spain, Merrick Wells, Liam Hennessy. <laughs> Ali Hassan from the Czech Republic. Hi, Javert. Hi, family. I just want to say I'm thrilled to be here today and what a lovely day we're having. And Greg Taylor from Brazil. Boataji to the mundo. Mary Morton from South West London. Jigwich. And making her debut, Lynette Kelleher from Halifax. Hiya. And lastly, in a bar somewhere in New York, Saden Al Zabedi. Hello. Um, on the back of that Arsenal game, and also we, we talked about Chelsea earlier and, and we looked at predictions, um, we had a question from Nick Seal earlier on. Um, who asked, who's the biggest cunt, Merson or John Terry? Well, I've got my opinions, but uh, John John Terry is by far the biggest cunt. He's a monumental piss flat. He's disgusting. I mean, there are things that, that, I mean, he's he's well known for being very much into BDSM. Uh, I'm not quite sure what it involves, (laughs) but, but... Oh, he's well known among well known for it amongst the players. I mean, you know, they do all these ridiculous fancy dress parties that they have in nightclubs. And things. Mm-hmm. He turned up in his in a gimp mask and a rubber suit, <laughs> right? <laughs> and he was the bouncer. Yeah, I, there are so many well documented reasons for hating not just Todd John Terry but the rest of his family as well. Who's heavy breathing? Who was that? Anyway, they've stopped now. That's the main thing. <laughs> but I just I put it this way: both of them are morons, right? But John Terry's family would be the ones dealing to Paul Merson's family. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you have to kind of give him a bit of respect for having a bit of ingenuity and drive and entrepreneurship. So I'll give it to him for that. Sack. 
Oh, John Terry, loathsome, absolutely loathsome. If there is, if there is Dante's vision of hell, and you have every deprivation going down and down at the very bottom circle of hell, there will be John Terry staring up the devil's bottom. <laughs> Absolute pond scum, in my personal opinion. <laughs> I even hate the way he insists upon being called JT. Oh, oh, that annoys me. That that annoys oh. me. Full stop. People people who who use um, initials uh, uh, abbreviations. That really annoys me. That's because they, Did we have he, much fun with the um, you know the John Terry shirt thing. The what? Sorry. You know the John Terry shirt thing when he he dressed up as a full kit uh, tosser and um, ran onto the pitch as if he'd played the game when he was banned for the final. Yes. And then after that, Twice. everybody was posting photographs of him with. Um, uh, you know the women's hockey team, and him with the, you know, um, I don't know, Good Friday Agreement, and him with the, um, the royal wedding. He was there on the on the brawl balcony. Usain Bolt and everything. Yeah. Queen. yeah. Photoshop brilliantly. There was just I was having so much fun with that. The thing is, is that Merson we don't like because he's a gooner and because he's a gobshite, mm. and that's yeah. fair enough. I can cope with that, but. And he did the drug thing. He did his rehab job done. Terry has just... There's a whole series of things that he's done wrong. The racism, the whole behaviour, the pikiness of him and his whole family. He's just right. an odious human being, full stop. Mm. So much as I dislike Merce, mm. I hate John Terry. I really do not like the man at all. I see I see Merce as more just a harmless idiot, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Bumble, you know, old git. Uh, whereas there's something deeply sinister in the core of John Terry that yeah. I just don't like or something about the man I just just low just despise yeah. really with um with it's Terry it's with Terry there's no it's sense it's of remorse no yeah. it's as if someone so Abramovich thought okay in a few years time I'm going to buy this club I'm going to spend billions and billions of pounds developing a robot that is just going to be the most cuntingly dis disgusting thing that it can possibly be we're going to devote hours and hours and hours of the experts man hours and and doing stuff and eventually they've developed the john terry the jt the biggest cunt in the world there is no bigger cunt in football than john terry is there a challenge can you think of anyone i can't he's the worst oh i've got he's... one i've got one <laughs> i've got up here a really big cunt. I've, got, I've got two yeah. words for you set blatter Oh, yeah. Yes. But he I like doesn't play. That, I like the way that Zadine apologised last week for saying, what was it, shit? Shit, yeah. <laughs> and there's Liam just gone on a whole swearing episode of <laughs> <laughs> Tourette's. <laughs> just because we mentioned Terry. Um, Sepp Blatter is um, just vile. Thundercats. Um, well, he has no recognition of what he's doing to the wider image of football. He's wrecking the game, really. I think he's Absolutely. really doing Destroy- so much damage to the game. Yeah. Destroying the beautiful game. Um, I'm going to be really boring and agree with you because, um, yeah, John Terry's a vile, odious creature. Just, just, just a cunt. Merson, who um, I've mentioned this before. Um, one thing that he and I share: we went to the same school, um, but at different times. So, um, but uh, we did. Um, I think he went, I don't know, eight years before me. Um, 
but my geography teacher at the time, who happened to be a Spurs fan, um, was, was also <laughs> teaching Paul Merson, and um, he just described him as a horrible creature. So there you go. Um, Merson is just—he's—he he was probably dropped as a baby, um, and he's just—he's <laughs> just brain damaged. That's it, really. He's just—he's just an idiot. Um, and Terry, yeah, Terry's Terry's a bigger cunt. So yeah, the decision that. is unanimous. John Terry is a cunt. The jury have spoken. You'll be taken from this place. Please do, because I'm watching the Chelsea City game now and they keep showing the git. So if somebody could just get rid of him right now, that would be great. Um, moving on. Can I just finish, Sorry, can I just finish by saying Sorry. he's still young, you know. He's, he's not even 40 yet. He's got the rest of his life to lose his money and wallow in misery and end up in the gutter and end up in prison and end up being bummed by huge seven-foot giants who have homosexual crushes on him and are all Millwall fans. He's got that to look forward to. He's got a whole lifetime of shit to look forward to. This How long is have just you a... been thinking about this? <laughs> so let's just let, it, let it all out. Let it all out. Come on. So, so really, although these are his glory years, don't worry, don't let it depress you that such a cunt is being so successful, because it's only the beginning of his life. The rest of it is yet to come. Let's move on. There's a, I just remember something. There's a um, Frankie Boyle did a did a piece a few years ago, um, uh, and he's talking about John Terry, and, and he says, oh, he's got a rapist face. And if if he was if he was in a toilet bowl and and fire and, and and on fire he wouldn't piss on him he'd piss on the piss in the sink, that's how much he hates John Terry, which I thought pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Nick Seal also asks, would any of you date full kit wanker John Terry? Oh, Jesus Christ, Christ no. Jesus, there is not enough alcohol in the world to ever. Ever make that even a theory? Far less a fucking possibility. Jesus Christ. We've got some integrity, us girls, you know. Not even if he was made a cake. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) I won't care. And I like my cake. But no, no, fuck that. I think I would rather date the Yorkshire Ripper than that pikey twant. Apologies, I'm not going to read all of them. I'm, in fact, I'm only going to read one of them. We've got a few Tim Sherwood questions, but I'm not going to give him... Uh, the, yeah, fuck him. Um, so, Alan Hansen asks, if you... if Alan Hansen? Alan, uh, Alan Hansen? <laughs> Sorry. Ali, Ali Hassan asks, if you... If we need, you had... If you do Liam here doing, to do an impression of Alan Hansen, has he done them him before? No, he, he hasn't. Um, if... If you had to have Tim Sherwood round for dinner and another character, real or fictional, who else would you have round? What would you cook and why? Who wants to go first? I will. I'd, I'd like to invite Hannibal Lecter. And just oh, you stole my one, Bex! <laughs> I know! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on then. I'm hurt. What are you going to serve? Dave. I'm just going to sit and observe and just see what Hannibal Lecter does with Mr Sherwood. I'm guessing it depends on how fucking annoying he finds him as to whether he serves him or not. What I was going to say is that I'd have Hannibal Lecter and I'd cook some fava beans and leave a bottle of Chianti on the table, (laughs) tiptoe out the room, make myself scarce for a while until I hear Anthony Hopkins burp, open my front door, start his car and drive away. (laughs) Um, I, um, 
um, similar sort of theme. I, I'd like to invite Armin, um, Armin Weiss. Um, I might have mispronounced his name. Anybody, anybody heard of this guy? So this is a true Is he Armin? No, Armin. Not is he Armin, but yeah, that, that wouldn't be well, too he bad. Well, he had cannibalistic tendencies, so you can invite him. Armin Weiss and Idi Armin Weiss. Armin Armin Weiss was a German guy who in 2005 oh, he was a yes. cannibal who um, he put this ad out and he invited this guy around and basically ate the guy yeah. but started off by chopping the guy's penis and they shared that together as a meal. Oh, I remember now. And, yeah, uh, he actually he actually put an ad out, didn't he? And he said, uh, okay, I would like you to eat me. Yeah. And not and I, not like that either, literally. And I, and I don't know what dear old Armin from Weiss is doing. I presume he's alive, he's in a prison somewhere. But he's obviously got a fetish for that sort of thing. So I think he should, he should be released on sort of conditional, unconditional ritual. What, well, into Birmingham? Be, and into, into, into the Birmingham. direction of Villa Park? Yeah, in the direction of Villa Park. Um, <laughs> we'll, all, all, all be paid, by, paid for by uh, Randy Lerner. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, eats him Sherwood's cock, um, kills him Sherwood, and, and that's that. Um, in case anyone's wondering, wondering Armin Mawise, um, he's he was sentenced to life imprisonment, um, but it was previously it was eight and a half years. Um, so uh, yeah, it looks like he's not going to not going to be coming out anytime soon. But um, yeah, I'd have him round at Villa Park, you know, like sort of like a day trip. <laughs> um, Kent Goodrich asks. What's the worst thing you would do to ensure Spurs win a title? Lie, cheat, steal, GBH, sex with sex with farmyard animals, etc. All of those. Well, I mean, it depends on the farmyard animal, I suppose, and whether it's. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have sex with it. I, I might give it a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> If it, meant, uh, if it meant us winning the league, yes, I'd probably um, do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad this is a fan show. <laughs> it's just the way you said it so seductively, Kajal, I would give it pleasure. <laughs> I, can't say, I, I can't say the W word. <laughs> I think... What, Woolwich? Please, someone else say it, but they would. Woolwich. Woolwich. Jeff, um, you would. I, I know you would. I... I'm going to refrain from saying such things. Um, for a Spurs title win, yeah, I'd, I concur with what you just said. <laughs> I probably would. Boys? Um, I'd, I'd commit massive fraud, I think. I'd commit massive fraud and boost the... Um, massive internet fraud, I think, and um, boost the coffers of of Enic. Although they'd probably just take the money and run. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it, Enik? I think so. I've always said Enik. Enik, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Makes them sound more modern and trendy, doesn't it, Enik? I don't know. Like email, e-safety, e-commerce. <laughs> yes, yeah, so guessing back to what else you do. Fraud, that's a bit tame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Dev, Dev, as a teacher wanna... on a family show, what am I going to admit to? 
<laughs> um, you say it's a family show, but if you if you look if you do a search for this um, in in the iTunes store, it'll it'll say content mar- marked as explicit. So um, it's not a family show. Um, Dev, given the opportunity, um, a picture the following scenario: so you're in a barnyard, candle lit <laughs> barnyard. <laughs> <laughs> Spurs title, it's all down to you. But this is the thing is, you can't really. The thing is, logically speaking, you'd just be like, well, I I would never do that. But you know, if it's like the 92nd minute and Hugo Lloris hoofs the ball up and its next goal wins the title, in that moment of emotion, you'd probably do anything, wouldn't you? So, so that again. Well, I don't know. It's probably probably. (laughs) Carol Hayward asks. Would you dress as a full kit arse wanker at the game if we if it meant we beat the mate? Yes. So that that's a full that's the Arsenal kit top to toe. Yes, but I would also have a have a notice around my neck saying I'm actually a Spurs supporter. I, I was going to. I was, oh, sorry, Nikki first. Uh, no, 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 go, Ellie. I'm thinking about my answer. Um, I was going to answer this, uh, absolutely not. Um, of course, I'd love to win 8-0 against them, um, but to dress up in that uh, disgusting outfit that they wear would just be horrible. But then I thought that was fucking selfish. So, um, yeah, I suppose I'd do it. Um, and then I'd bathe in Domestos, I suppose. And then after that, I'll be happy as you lot. So, yeah, I would. Eight nil. Have, a sand bla- have a sandblast shower. Yeah, that will do it, I think. <laughs> I think... Um, I don't think I could do it. I think if I did it, I would have to turn myself in for sectioning afterwards. I, I, no, yeah, I but 8-0. 8. 8-0. Eight. Eight yeah. It's the scum. 8-0. Wouldn't you love rubbing that in the gooners' faces? If it was an away kit, if it was one of their away kits, it wouldn't be too bad, maybe. Oh, that's an idea, Possibly. yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's better. Um, I just, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I'm sorry. I, I, red is my favourite colour. I cannot bring myself to have anything to do with an Arsenal kit. Not not even for eight points. Uh, eight goals against them. I'm sorry. There's just, there's just no way. I would have the belief that we are good enough to beat them. Even if it was 1-0, 2-1, you know, 3-2, whatever the case may be, I'd have enough belief that we would beat them that I wouldn't have to put myself through that because I'd be in therapy for the rest of my life and then I will be an alcoholic having to have to cope with how I sold my soul to the devil for eight goals are you mad never gonna happen but what if what if we needed to beat them eight nil to win the premiership Uh, that's a good question come on (laughs) damn it oh just okay, this see, one. That's not fair. See it as though you're eating mushrooms. <laughs> oh. oh, well, then I'd I be think... gagging the whole way. <laughs> oh, you're allowed to gag. You're allowed to gag, exactly. Am I allowed to put a bag over my head so nobody sees who I am? You can put one on my head as well if you wanted. <laughs> because if, uh... it's just, oh, I don't know. Look, if it was, the, if it was for us to win the. The premiership, then I probably would. Thanks, Carol, for a lovely question. I'm really going to go and wash my mouth out now because just the thought of it. Ugh. 
if a Premier League title um, was up for stake, mm. I would not only wear the Arsenal sh- um, full kit, and I would, I would, I'd even go for the home one if, I, if, if, it, if it was a Premier League title. Um, the poor old sheep would get it in the process as well. Um, coming back to a previous <laughs> question on a podcast a few weeks ago. But that would be okay because it would be like an Arsenal fan buggering a sheep. <laughs> As opposed to me, so you know, it would it would be it would be acceptable. You could put a Piers Morgan mask on as well. Oh, that's even better! Yeah. yeah. Talking of FIFA and the hair-brained ass clown that is Sepp Blatter, David oh, Fornell. Quality asks, swearing. David Fornell asks, how many ways can you prepare a Sepp Blatter for cooking? Blatter batter, part <laughs> of a clam clam bake. Possibilities are almost endless. What is your preferred method? I think I would do a bladder kebab. Uh, I would rely on his own multitudinous juices, self-basting him. I'd skewer him right straight up through the arse. Right, obviously, keep him alive. Right up through the throat, a la a sort of a one of those goose that's gooses that's force fed. Uh, then I'd s- slowly rotate him, let the skin crisp and firm nicely. Should be juicy inside. Set bladder, kebab style. No, see, it wouldn't be juicy inside because he's old. Old meat tends to be very dry and shrivelly. That's true. Mm. Not much muscle though. No, more Fatty fat. Fat, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that would be nice fat. Think of all the things he's eaten. You know, you get pigs that are force fed that eat nothing but acorns. This guy's at nothing but foie gras and the the finest quality champagne. I mean, Christ, he probably tastes bloody good. He's invested a lot of money, well, other people's money into it. You see, I can't, I can't imagine that because of cooking anything that's even set platter related. Because in our household. When you want to go and have a number two, you're going to go do a sep. That's what we call it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not oh, going yeah. to be eating anything sep letter related. <laughs> yeah. I just can't imagine trying to force that through my ass. <laughs> but he does look like a turd, doesn't he? <laughs> I would. Um, he's quite old, isn't he, Sep Blatter? He must, he must be getting on a bit. Um, and he's quite fat and round, so um, I just hope he has a massive heart attack and ends up in a morgue. Jeff um, Oh, my God. Seven and, then, and then, do you know what? When it, once it happens, everybody's going to come out as they do when somebody dies, and they're going to say, oh, he was a great guy. He, you know, he did so much and all this crap. Can, can we play a quick game? Go on. Okay. In, the fo- in, the football, in the football world, right, there's a lot of old people now. Who's going to be the, f- the next one to die? Sir Blatter. <laughs> I, I'm going to go for a long shot. I, I think Harry Redknapp will. Well, after he gets sacked, I mean. <laughs> I, I don't think he can take the pressure. I don't did, think he can. I, I think he's... He's uh, not looking healthy. Didn't I, yeah, he's didn't getting I on now. Didn't I hear to him today that if QPR lost to Man United, he was for the chopping block? Rumours have have said, yeah. And didn't Man United beat them 2-0? <laughs> am I evil? <laughs> yes, I am. 
well, you know, uh, it was Man United. I mean, no one can expect us to be fucking Man United. Plus, what do they think I am? A fucking genius? Fuck's sake, that's the most expensive fucking team out there, the fucking cunts. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> I love you, Very Ian. good. <laughs> Carol Hayward, um, we talked about Ericsson earlier. Um, she says, um, Ericsson, whilst he's our most skillful player, are we happy to let him continue skipping out of tackles, or would we rather he stuck the boot in a bit more and not be such a girl's pants? I don't think that's... I, don't, I, um, I could be wrong, and Carol might... Um, Correct me, but I believe that isn't Carol, Carol's sentiment. I think she's just putting an argument or a point for discussion. Could you repeat so, that one more time, please? So Sorry. Ericsson, whilst he's our most skillful player, are we happy to let him continue skipping out of tackles, or would we rather he stuck the boot in a bit more and not be such a girl's blouse? Stick the boot in a bit more. Be, be more like Fazio. Don't be afraid to give him a kick in. <laughs> Well, he has got such beautiful bone structure, you see. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to, ha- to, to endanger that. And his legs are, you know, he really does have nice... He doesn't need to shave them. They're perfectly smooth. So I think pull out of the, pull out of the tackles. Yeah. So you, you'd like him to pull out, not push it. Protect, protect, protect the beauty. Protect the beauty. That's I'd all like I'm going to say. I'd like him to get stuck in because he needs to show some character. He must stop being such a girl, such a pansy, for goodness sake. He, he and you know what? When he, when, sorry, Rob, but when he sorry. gets stuck in and, 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 and he has done it on occasion where he, he goes for the ball and he goes <coughs> for his tackle, I've just had more respect for him. I mean, yes, he's a skillful player, but for goodness sake, yes, sometimes Nikki, get stuck can in. I, can, I, can I speak in the, in the language of the boa? Yeah. Would you expect a gazelle to go in against a buffalo, against a rhino? No, you don't. The gazelle goes and fucks off. I'm finished. Oh, dear. Oh, God, that, that's it. You're doing the rest of the pod in an in a, in a Afrikaans accent. Go for it. Uh, hello and welcome to uh, Radio South Africa Spurs. It's uh, an all-night session. We've got the beers. We've got the we've got the girls. We've got everything you, got you want, p- Javed. On you go, mate. Kent Goodrich asks, what's the most descriptive swear word phrase for Arsenal fans? I'll go for a shot, which is like a mixture. It's like a you mean to fart. It's all a bit hot and gooey up there. You think, yeah, this would be a nice loud one. And it comes out all liquidy and shitty. And you're in the middle of WH Smith's, you know, and uh, and you've got to walk home. And uh, as you walk home, it gradually gets colder and colder and harder and harder. You know, and then you, you give in. First of all, you, you walk a bit like John Wayne because you don't want the drip, dribbly bits to go down your legs, you know, walk a tight And then afterwards you just think, fuck this, I've got to get home quick. Fuck all the <laughs> ignoring. Fuck that. And you get home, you run upstairs, you, you don't say hello to your mum, you just run upstairs as quick as you can, you pull your jeans down and the shit's all dried to your fucking boxer shorts and <laughs> your pubes, it's like having a fucking waxing Oh, right, stop, 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 Liam, Liam, hold on. Has this happened to you before? <laughs> because it, what the, that was it, very what descriptive. The, yeah. yeah. What the question should be is, 
your mum? Do you still live at home? No, this, uh, <laughs> this, this didn't happen a long time ago. <laughs> anyway, no, it was terrible. I shat myself in Smith's. It was Bucks Fizz. I remember this is when Smiths used to sell records, right? And there was there was Bucks Fizz going on What's the on the stereo records, LPs, long players, thirty threes, forty fives. Never seen one before. Vinyls. Those DJs, they they those DJs use them, I believe, these days. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought I I brewed up what I thought was a nice, healthy fart. Which were, I thought would go quite nicely with the Bucks fizz that was playing on the on the um, loudspeakers. So unfortunately, like I said, I shat myself. Blah blah blah. Walked like John Wayne. Thought, oh god. But then gave up. It became progressively more uncomfortable the further I got from home and the colder it got and the more it ran down my trouser legs. Oh. I did run upstairs. I did pull my trousers down and I did get a waxing and. I did actually, because the bathroom was in the roof of the house, uh, I opened the Velux window, which are very good devices, and shoved my boxer shorts onto the roof because I was too embarrassed to put them in the washing machine. Uh, but this is, this is basically how I feel about Arsenal fans, a shart. That's the answer. That's a whole new word added to the English dictionary. It's a mixture of a shit and a fart. Live and learn. Carol Hayward asks, who do you think has the biggest willy in our squad? Chadley. Let me let me think about this. <laughs> okay. Go on, Zaz. Chadley. Chadley. Bex. I don't know, that's a really tough question. There's so many to choose from. Um I don't know. Paulinho. Okay. Dev? Uh I'm just going to use logic and say, you know, he, he looks like he gets a lot of action. So, Chadley. Um, I think it's Jan the Tongan, hence the song. Has anyone heard the song about Jan the Tongan? I, 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 can't, I, I, can't, I don't remember every single word. Um, it's one of the, it, gets, it, gets, it, gets song, it gets sung at 1882 games. Um, and it goes something like... Um, it, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do this song. song. No, 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 I'm, no, no, I'm not, no, no, I'm not going to do. I'm you can't. Gonna... You can't just do lyrics. We want music in there. Do we have both. to go on YouTube this? I, I've tried. To, I've tried to look on YouTube and, and find the lyrics, but I, I can't. Um, you're more than welcome to, 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 to try looking for it. But it goes something like, um, "Yan Yan, he's got a massive cock. He has. He has. He has. He tucks it in his sock, and then it then it goes on, and a bit later it says." He's got a massive cock, he shagged his wife and now she's dead. He waved his cock around his head. He's super, super around the song. Anyway. Um, Jim, now, Jeff, you now, said it goes something like this. I think it goes yes, exactly like right. this. Yeah, yeah but you're a patron libelous. of that song. But there's, there's bits and pieces I've, I've, I've missed. So like I said, I'm not, do, I'm not doing it justice. But it's to the theme tune of, oh, I don't know what it is. It goes, the, whatever the famous song is, the one that goes... Um, I can't do it anyway. But but that's it, it, those are the words, and it and it and it refers to the fact that he's got a massive cock, and he shagged his wife, and now she's dead, and he waved his cock around his massive head, around his head. Okay, right. Jack, well, your mission is yeah. not whether you choose. This is your mission. Okay, flat out, you have to go the next eighteen eighty two game. I would like to hear a recording of that, please. 
record it. So the next it. game, but, the next game you go, yeah, and they're singing it. I, you have to post the recording of that because okay. I'm intrigued, <laughs> and I want to know how. How do they know that he has the biggest cock? Well, That's... I've got another question. I mean, yeah. okay. here is this fella or this lady. She's sitting at home late at night by, you know, just thinking of songs to write, you know. She's not like classic. <laughs> and she's, or he's thinking, hmm, let's see. If I was to say something about somebody, one of our players, yes, he definitely has a big wang. So, um, yes, why don't we celebrate the fact that he has a big wet? And so this person is sitting there in darkness with the magic of candlelight around him and a big, massive quill, you know, like, you know, like Shakespeare. <laughs> You've got a big dongin. Yes, that works. Dongin, the tongin. I mean, how did they come up with that? Yes, I mean, my because favorite... name scans. Yeah. The tongue and, and he hit his old lady over the head with his wang, and that's what happened. She's <laughs> passed out and died. Yes. There's too much uh, analysing uh, going on, Zaz. Uh, I think. How, how does it happen? There you go. I, I think that, that it's on that on the basis of that song. It's it's Yan the Tongue and Super Yan, Super Yan and this massive cock. Um, so Carol awesome. Hayward, she can sleep at night now, knowing that. Or not, was it a young night, as the case maybe? Or not, maybe not, no. And on that note, we're all off to find the lyrics of the Yan the Tongan cock song. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking there isn't the song, you just we made that up. Because well. There is. And, and we're, off to find Yan, we're off to find Yan the Tongan, aren't we? And the tape measure. Yep. And the tape yeah. measure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. He has a massive cock, he does the Yan, the Yan. He tucks it in his football sock, the yan, the yan. He shagged his bird and now she's dead. He waves his cock around his head. Yan the Tongan, Tottenham Superman. And that song was dedicated to Carol Hayes. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Scoggins um, asks, would you rather listen to Jamie Redknapp commentate on a Spurs match or hear a continuous loop of SpongeBob SquarePants laugh for the duration of the match. SpongeBob. <laughs> oh. Because Jamie Redknapp and his whining Cockney accent pisses me right off. And he never has anything nice to say about Spurs. And I hate his tight trousers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and his waistcoat. Oh, and he always sits there it's like with his legs off. wide open. Like he's, he's he really displays himself. It's I hate that when you're sitting on the tube and someone op- someone opposite you or someone next to you is intent upon widening their legs as much as they can. Close your legs. <laughs> and then he speaks. Then he speaks, and he's just so bitter about Tottenham. Like, what did we do? You know, what did we do to deserve Sack this hate? Daddy. Mm. The funny thing about Jamie. We're not um... the only team to have done that, are we? Funny thing about Jamie, um, if you go back to the 90s, um, he was this sort of, uh, to some degree now, but certainly then he was uh, a sort of person that, footballer that was found on girls' bedrooms, he was, you know, pin up um, and considered to be good looking and all that. Pop star wife. Yeah, he's starting to look more and more like his dad. He is. He's morphing into Harry.
Yeah. And then he's going to become a bitter and cantankerous old man. Like He's already there anyway. With a saggy, twitchy face. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was on a SpongeBob SquarePants roller coaster last week, but that's a different story altogether. Um, Zach. Won't we, all, won't we all, darling? <laughs> Um, I'm I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna butt the trend here. Um, as we've got two two children at home who listen quite a lot to. At one point they were listening to that. Oh, it seems to be almost on all the time, and it annoyed me almost as much as the melodramatic Disney programs that you get. You know the teen drama things. Um, so I'm gonna go for. I'm just gonna listen to um, Jamie Redknapp. I'm quite good at. I can detune my 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 hearing. I'm quite good. If someone's going on, I can almost just sort of not listen to what they're saying. And so I'll do that. I'll tune my hearing so that I'm not actually listening to him, but I am listening to him. <laughs> good luck. Um, somebody called Rebecca Braddock asks, which pundit would you most like to see eaten by a bear? Well, I watched Fortitude last night, so maybe there's a link there somewhere. Um I'm really not bothered. Michael Owen is a particular hatred of mine at the moment. Ah, yeah, hate him. And now, well, now Andy Townsend's gone and Adrian Childs has had his contract, whatever, stopped at the end of the season. They're kind of thin on the ground. We've just massacred Jamie Redknapp anyway. So Michael Owen is my next favourite. I just cannot fucking abide the man. He drives me insane. Just whinging and whining. uh, Anyway, I'm going to stop now. Because I can feel okay. my blood pressure rising. I've got, I've got one. Um, I'll give you a clue. The battle would be a bit like, well, a bear, obviously, versus an ostrich. Because it's got a very big beak. I'll give you another clue. One of my favourite oh, moments. This, Yes. Phil Thompson. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> can you imagine if he, if he was allowed to speak his mind? It, it's taken a supreme act of will for Phil Thompson not to start effing and jeffing live on Sky the other week. Yeah. Was it? Did you see when when Liverpool lost? Oh, it was fantastic! It was <laughs> glorious. Come on, Liverpool, fucking hell! Oh, didn't somebody post that as well? Yes. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. So Phil Thompson for me, it would be it would be nice. He'd he'd try and get in a few. Beak pecks, you know, but the bear would have him slowly and surely. He'd probably try and make the mistake that people do of trying to climb a tree. Apparently, that's the worst thing you can do if you're being chased by a bear. Don't climb a tree. You're supposed to just stand there as if nothing's happening and just don't move. Imagine a bear's rushing at you. You're thinking, <laughs> fucking hell, I'm going to fucking... You're just supposed to stand there like you're waiting for a bus. Yeah, anyway, sorry, Phil Thompson. I'm gonna bend. I'm gonna bend the rules slightly, um, and I would. This is my sort of ideal scenario. Got a big arena. Picture this, and you've got a bear, and I'd have Michael Owen, Jamie Redknapp, Phil Thompson, Paul Merson, um, and a few other cunts that I don't like. And it would be it would be a sort of survival of the fittest. So just let the bear get on with it. Obviously, um, you know. He's going to get through a few, and then he's going to get tired, and then he'll start to eat on, you know, Michael Owen's body, and then he'll become a bit full. So the chances are one of them might escape. Um, so yeah, it'd be like I a, don't think they're that smart, to be honest with you. Or bears, or or or, or, or pundits, or the pundits even. Yeah, I don't think any I of think them the, are smart enough to escape. The problem mm-hmm. is you'd have you'd have Alan Alan Hansen in the uh, in the 
in the audience going, oh, diabolical move there by Mike Warren. He could have got away, but you can tell he's lost a bit of peace. A bear really just had him for breakfast there. And he's another miserable bastard. Why he can't was, he just say he? something nice? Terrible, terrible. Isn't it the same sort of like, who, who, who did we grow up with as football pundits? I can't even remember who there was back when we were watching football. John Motson. John Motson, he's a constant, isn't he? Jimmy Hill. God, Jimmy yeah. Hill. Classic. That was good. And Brian, um, Brian Moore. Brian, Brian Moore. Brian Moore. Oh. You don't get presenters with comb-overs anymore, do you? And it, oh, let's, oh, can we just, can David we pause Coleman. for a minute? On the subject of hair, can we just have a moment of gloating again uh, over an ex-Chelsea player, Dennis Wise, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that we, was just what wrong. on earth? <laughs> what on earth was that on his head? I'm not. I'm it's glad we've got a creature. woman. I'm glad. I'm glad we've got a woman here because um, you'll be able to advise me. Was that a wig, or was that just? <laughs> it was I don't just remember comical. I don't remember it being that colour. I thought he had sort of... Quite... And he never had that much hair. No. And, and all of a sudden... Close, got little skinhead, wasn't he? Yeah. And, yeah, and all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, to draw the balls for this this, this, this round straw, we've got Kenneth Williams! <laughs> oh, Mason. So anyway, I'm sorry to... Uh, Digress. One of the guys at work asked me about it. I said, was that real? And I said, um, you know, he's much younger. And I said, I don't think so, Mez. I'm fairly sure it was. Um, it was a wig. It was, yeah, not intentional. It shouldn't have been was, there. Was it for sure. a bet? Can't think it would have been for anything else. <laughs> he's had a nervous breakdown, hasn't he, poor sod? This is it. He's been in. He's been in um, rehab for like three months. He's just got out. He said, "I've got to earn some money." I know. I've had this gig for ages. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get myself together. I'm going to. I'm going to become sane again. You know. He's had a tough life. He was at Wimbledon before he was at Chelsea. Remember? God. Anyway, so he's got a lot to get over. You know, he's crumbled. He's dragged himself back together. But he's like a blind man. He just can't dress himself anymore. And of course, he—I don't think he's married. No one likes him. He's on his own, so he's—he's he's stuck in this huge mansion, recovering <laughs> from a nervous breakdown, thinking, "Oh fuck! What am I, I, I going to wear to this this FA gig?" Bloody hell! I thought he was so lo- I thought he was so loved up at Newcastle as director of football. What on earth was he doing up there? Is he got this director of football role? But I, I you know, they bemused all the. I mean, as, as if they didn't hate Southerners and bloody Cockneys as enough anyway. But they had Dennis Wise in charge of football. Good Thank God. God, I'm not a Scary if he, t- if he turned up at that draw in one of John Terry's gimp outfits, he'd look, he'd look more credible than that stupid toupee. Yeah, he would have done. Yeah. Oh, phone's gone. <laughs> Sorry, we had the most ridiculous phone ring, and I'm in the bedroom, yeah, and that's the phone. I was going to say, uh, no, I Chosen love classical music. Chosen by I the love kids, classical music. Do you know, as a ringtone, I've got, um, I've got, I can't remember what classical music music it is. It's great. When I'm on the train, it really embarrasses me in front of people. And now I've got it playing on the podcast. They're <laughs> oh, marvellous, darling. Super. <laughs> Do you know what? I haven't, I haven't done an answer yet because that, yeah. that bastard oh, you're not, sorry. stole my answer. <laughs> I used to like him, 
And first of all, he stole my answer with Tomo. So I was actually going to go, it's going to be a, 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 a toss-up between um, Tomo and the other interference that you get sometimes when you hear a game, you hear this high-pitched whining interference going, ee, ee, ee. <laughs> you think you adjust your TV and you check the sound and everything and you realise it's just <laughs> Jamie bloody Carragher. <laughs> without subtitles which is just wrong isn't it generally yeah do you know that a Liverpool fan this week won a competition uh, unbeknown to her and the prize was Jamie Redknapp delivering a bunch of flowers to her front door sorry not Jamie Redknapp Jamie Carragher delivering a bunch of flowers to her front door something like that I think it was a bunch of flowers or whatever her prize was Mm -hmm. and I was thinking wouldn't it be funny if she'd opened the door and gone Jamie who hey it's me I'm, I used to play for Liverpool. Hey, don't you know me? Hey, who, who, who are you? Who? What? Oh, is that my prize? Thanks. Where do I sign? Oh, Liam, you're reminding me on the seafront. We have a Punch and Judy every every summer. <laughs> <laughs> so, if that was if that was the prize, I was obviously third prize. I wonder what second and first prize were. But what Thompson is it with all and, these uh, yeah. ex-scousers? What is it with them? Do they not get paid enough during their playing career that they have to inflict themselves forevermore on the rest of us poor souls that just like the game? Oh, the only thing about them, they they do though, don't they do? I'll be do do don't do do yeah. do hey, hey. I <laughs> could do scousers. that. Here's a job. Easy. Here's a gyro. Never mind a job. Anyway, you have um, to be of a certain age to understand that joke. Sorry, Jav. Oh. If I had Easiest to pick a joke. <laughs> If I had to pick one, um, actually thinking about it, Charlie Nicholas. And I, I would pay good money to watch the bear eat him. <laughs> Arsenal by Tomanaku. Which means... Sounds good. Which means, Arsenal, shove it up your ass. I love it. Excellent. <laughs> so you've got a um, West Ham and a Gunnar in your house. Uh, I sure mm-hmm. um, Oh, and how much does your therapy cost a week? <laughs> <laughs> Mine, mine's fine, but theirs is theirs is costing <laughs> For me, it's even better when there's a gooner in your house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, unfortunately, he was at work, which is unusual. He doesn't usually work in the mornings, but he was. Um, so I, I waited for his arrival home in the evening to be greeted with, don't speak to me. I've had it all day. Off. <laughs> I've had it all day. Uncle Ian's been texting me all day, taking the piss out of me on Facebook. And I was like, I didn't say a word. And I just shut the door. But, um... Earlier in the week on Tuesday, I was fortunate enough to catch up with TV presenter, food connoisseur and Spurs fan, Adam Richman. Um, we talked about his new TV series, um, which, which premieres this weekend. Um, and of course, his passion for Spurs. Um, and here's what he had to say. I'm pleased to say that I've got a very special guest this evening, um, a food connoisseur, a Tottenham fan, Mr. Adam Rickman. Hello, it's 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 Richmond actually. Rickman is the guy who plays Snape. <laughs> I apologies, um, Mr. Adam Adam Richman. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for for for, for um agreeing to this um i just should add that i'm i I, i'm a big fan of um uh, man um versus food and um it was funny because i I started 
um, watching it a few years ago and um, really enjoyed the, the um, TV series. And you come across, across as very affable and and, and a really Thank good you. really good presenter. Um, what I didn't know until maybe a few months afterwards that you also happen to be a Tottenham Hotspur fan, which which fills me with with joy. I, I can tell you. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that um, a little bit later, but just very quickly, you're in Europe at the moment. Is that correct? No, I'm I'm back in Brooklyn. Actually, I just returned home uh, Saturday from Milan. Okay, um, but you've been promoting. You were in, you were in Europe last week, London, and then Milan, and you were promoting um, a new TV series. Um, yes, that's correct. I have coming to the UK um, April fourth, Man Finds Food, and April fifth, my game show uh, Food Fighters. Um, if you could give me a little brief synopsis on, on, on both of those um, TV shows, because as I said, I, I loved um, Man vs. Food, so I'm, I'm really looking forward um, to Thank these you. two, and I, I know countless others are. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, well, okay, um, so simply put, Man, I'll, I'll go Food Fighters first. Food Fighters is um, basically um, about, uh, well, it's home cook brings five of their best recipes that they've been making for their family for years, and they go up against five of the best chefs in the world. The, uh, the home cook doesn't know what chef they're competing against, um, nor do they know uh, that chef's expertise. And then by the same token, the chef doesn't know what they're cooking. So there's this beautiful sort of strategy battle that occurs because what they end up doing is they try to pick uh, recipes that go to the chef's sort of weak spot. Um, and it's really kind of fascinating because we do legitimately have, you know, home cooks from every possible walk of life. We have a wounded Iraq veteran to a grandfather to a newlywed, a science teacher, a mother of a special needs child. And it's actually quite, quite beautiful. Um, the, the other thing is that the judges, you know, I'm not a judge, I'm merely the presenter. The judges are just five ordinary Americans um, who don't know, A, whose dish is whose, or that it's a professional versus an amateur. They just get two different dishes, and they have uh, to decide which one they like better. So it's, that's pretty remarkable. Now, man finds food. Clearly, there's obviously something strangely recognizable about that title. Um, but Man Finds Food, I will say without any question or pause, is my favorite and quite possibly the best food and travel show I've ever done. Um, and it is a, basically an exploration of any given city's hidden restaurants or off-the-menu dishes. So it's basically stuff, for example, like a restaurant we found in Austin, behind a bookcase in a youth hostel. We found a restaurant in um, Boston, not Austin, but in Boston, we found a restaurant um, in a random nondescript concrete building on a pier. Um, there's a restaurant in the basement of an office building in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and that basically this restaurant makes um, something like four dishes. They're open for three hours. They've never advertised, and yet... They have a line that goes out the door, literally that goes across the basement to the lobby, out onto the street, and it's 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 just uncanny. It's just unlike wow. anything you've ever seen in your whole life. That's um, and and like I say, it's 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 
I mean, I think perhaps one of the other reasons I'm proudest of it is that, you know, much like a, a football club couldn't really exist without 11 really good men, you know, my crew is featured very heavily on this show. And they are some of the most amazing, kind, and professional people uh, working in entertainment, in my opinion. And I really and truly couldn't love them anymore. And uh, we put a bunch of GoPros around the car. You see us legitimately struggling to find these restaurants. Um, you even see them try the food and get their opinions on the food, not just mine. Um, the other thing that's quite nice is that, in all honesty, um, you know, whereas, for example, uh, you know, with Man vs. Food, we had two locations and then had to focus on the challenge. Here, because we don't, we're not married to that, we can show two times as many locations, which is really quite lovely. It, it sounds fascinating. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, if I may ask a, a football-related and a food-related question, um, Please, I, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. So um, I know that you were in London last week and, and you're fairly f- familiar with, with some of the food places in, in, in London. I saw in, in, in an interview you mentioned Borough Market, for example. Um, yes. If you had... If you could take a current Spurs player um, somewhere to eat um, in London, doesn't have to be in London. It, I suppose it could be in in, in, New, in, in New York. Um, where would you go? Um, what would you eat? Which player would you take, and why? Okay, I would go probably with Christian Eriksen because I have a romantic crush on him. Although you know, and because I, I guess also because I was fortunate enough to interview the great Harry Kane um, after his um, he had a hat trick in. Um, that's competition. Yeah, against Asteris. I had a chance yeah. to interview him. Um, so I don't want to be greedy, but I haven't really had a chance to really hang out and talk a little bit with Christian Eriksen, and I've been um, a humongous fan of his since his days at Ajax. So I would go there, but because I'd want to do something that Pochettino wouldn't be mad <laughs> because it would be too heavy, I might do something like, um, oh, I don't know, perhaps something like Duck and Waffle, but I would insist that he had, you know, I don't know what's good for penalty kicks. <laughs> I know I, I, I might go, actually, I would take Christian Eriksen somewhere cool. Like there's a great little Chinese restaurant that I love off of Macclesfield Street yeah. um, called Mao Tai Kitchen. And I just, because it's a place that I dig and I know he's far from home. And every time I'm in London, I'm far from home. So I think this is a place that um, he would dig and, you know, hey, What's cooler than when someone you like likes some, you know, when you have a mutual affinity? To Absolutely. Um, th- th- there's a lot more that I would like to ask, but I know we're, we're, we're pressed for time, and, I, and I'm very. No, it's I, cool. I'm, I'm, on, I, I'm, I'm really grateful for, for, for the opportunity. I was just going to say, really, um, it's it's through the wonders of modern technology that we can have this conversation, and I'm really grateful that that um, that it's happened. Um, what would what would be fantastic is next time that you're in London. Um, well, two things really. One, I would love it if you did a um, an, a, a, a TV series um, equivalent, for instance, of, of Man uh, Finds Food or, or um, Man versus versus Food, but but in London because I think London's a great city. Oh, I would um, love to do a Man Finds Food. Actually, I found uh, a couple places that, in my opinion, really would. Uh, be quite appropriate uh you know hidden restaurants in fact colin murray 
on TalkSport actually gave me a few that I, I need to try as well. So <laughs> I'm going to about that. Uh, and moreover, I was going to say, the next time that you're in London, um, I hope that you can make it to another Spurs game, and I'd, I'd love to meet you. Um, we've oh, got, I'd be, I we... would be absolutely honoured. I was uh, very excited to be there for um, King Harry's hat-trick against Leicester, although... The, the, it's they never make it easy, do they? I mean, I, I grant you, I'm I'm new to the whole Spurs family, and I and I personally want to also extend thanks. You've been extremely gracious towards me, but you know it's tough because when I was um, you know a, a, a new initiate to the world of club football in any of its guises, um, you know, I have to say the notion of you know Dave, uh, David Beckham famously said, you know. Well, Manchester United's my first team, but Spurs are my second team. And, you know, for me, I never knew that there's a true difference between saying I support Team X versus I have a soft spot for Teams Y and Z. About three and a half years ago, I had put out a tweet. Now I realize the error of my ways. Um, but I had, was talking about all the teams I had an affinity for. Now, the truth is I support Tottenham. I wear a cockerel around my neck every day, every night. My key has a Tottenham Hotspur chain on it. In fact, I speak to you whilst wearing Argyle socks with a cockerel on it. Um, and if I could get a tattoo, that's exactly what it would be. The thing is, I did not know of, A, the rivalry with West Ham United, and I need to make clear that my grandfather hails from Leeds. So I had put on this tweet, I support Tottenham Hotspur, and then I had said, and again, all apologies, because it was an uninitiate and an American who didn't know any better, I put Irons, Leeds, Barca, and Red Bulls. Now, Red Bulls are my hometown team, well, up until recently, before Man City launched NYCFC with the likes of David Villa. Um, Leeds was obviously my affinity for my grandpa. Barcelona's in a different damn country. <laughs> but um, quite frankly, my desire to support Tottenham was really motivated initially by a desire. Uh, you know, I knew I didn't want to support a team that every other American did, because every American who didn't know any different, they were just always going to say Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, or Man U. Yep. So one of the first teams I saw that wasn't one of those four was a West Ham side that had Scotty Parker, Demba Ba. Um, Carlton Cole, Noble, Nolan. I mean, it was a solid squad. Um, I didn't know of anti-Semitic taunts. I didn't know of the historic rivalry. And it actually really broke my heart that when I managed to buy a ticket for quite a ridiculous amount of money to the Capital One Cup final, how much um, cruel uh, uh, language I received from quote-unquote fellow Spurs fans because I got to go. And um, it means a lot more than ever now when I get support from a Spurs entity such as yourself and your amazing podcast to blogs to fans I meet in the street because anyone who knows me knows that I'm Tottenham until I die. And the fact that on any level a three-year-old tweet could be used to somehow invalidate my deep-seated passion for this club breaks my heart.
unfortunately social media is good it's a fantastic tool but quite often what people write in social media can can be misinterpreted and and so forth but i mean what you've said and 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 your passion for tottenham to to anybody who's seen um for instance that that for that very first visit back in 2012 and 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 see you break out in tears you don't need to explain and justify your passion although it was it was really heartwarming listening to you talk just now about about Thank your passion you. passion for Spurs, um, Adam. I know that you're pressed for time. Just the final no, f- 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 final thing from me. So we're playing Burnley on Sunday. You're back in Brooklyn. Will you be at Ocasi's bar watching the game? Uh, that's funny. They, I knew that they were at Ocasi's New York Spurs. Um, and you know, it's funny. They I know that my friends at the team. You know, they don't like us to use the Y word anymore. Um, but it's funny. It's a bunch of guys jumping around going. We're the years in America. Whoa! <laughs> Crazy stuff. And we always say, you know, we're the we're the New York side of White Hart Lane. Um, this uh, weekend, um, I'm going to be doing an appearance in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I leave tomorrow, but um, I have that NBC Sports package, and I never miss a game. And uh, to every Spurs fan that's listening to this, you know, you have a brother in me, you have an ally in me, and if I have a chance to watch that game, you know. Believe you me, wherever I am, my my heart and my soul are pure lily white. That's 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 really touching to hear. Um, just just once again, so uh, Bam finds food and food fighters. They premiere in the UK on Saturday, April fourth. April fourth at five p.m. on Food Network is Man Finds Food. April fifth at five p.m. is Food Fighters. They're doing marathons both days, and then they're going to start airing them during the week at um, 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. That, that, that's really good. Really looking forward to it. And thank you once again. And if you do get if you do get a chance to listen to the Tottenham Hotspur podcast, we normally rec- record at the weekend, and um, we're available. Um, uh, well, uh, usually at the start of the week, it, it, it's available to download from from, from iTunes and, and and other mediums. So um, thanks. Absolutely what- no. It's funny. I it's it was when I first started downloading podcasts. The very first genre that I began really downloading en masse were Tottenham ones. So it's really, I consider it to be a real privilege and an honor that, that you have me on. And um, Salt Beef Bagel on Brick Lane, uh, my treat when I get back, God willing, in June. Look forward to it. Thank you very much and take care. Come on up to Spurs. Be firmly, baby. <laughs> take care. Goodbye. Nick Seal asks, I like this, if you had a dinner party with three famous people, um, who would you invite? Who would you invite? One of them has got to be a, a footballer, a Spurs footballer. Nicky. <laughs> Nestle Chadley, <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely. He's first on my list. And do they have to be alive, or or can they be? You know. I don't think you specified so you can be creative. I mean, you can dig them up if they're they're dead, I suppose. <laughs> but they wouldn't. They wouldn't make much good. They wouldn't make for good conversation around the table. Yeah, you see, it's difficult to limit me to three, but okay, Nasser Tadley, definitely, Elvis Presley, without a doubt, and Meryl Streep. No, wait, scrap all of that. Uh, Nelson Mandela, without a doubt, Nasser Tadley, and Elvis Presley. There we go. Do I have to say why? No, unless okay. you want to. Liam? Moving on. Okay. Um, footballer, does it have to be a current footballer? It's got to be a Spurs footballer. I don't know whether it's current or otherwise. Can I have Terry Venables? Yeah. 
Okay, I'll have, I'll have Terry Venables because he can lead the karaoke, uh-huh. uh, as he's done a few songs. And I'll have Howard Marks, famous Welshman. You might have heard of him. Okay. Mm, no. No, um, he's probably the most successful grass and cocaine smuggler ever, public school educated, famous raconteur, and he loves his spliff, so he'd definitely be on the list. <laughs> so it's Howard Marks, Terry Venables, and who was the other? Me. I might, uh, no. One more. Oh, Christ. Oh, yeah. Um... Okay, let's get a hot <laughs> well, minx. <laughs> let's get a hot minx in there. Um, crikey, let's have brains, alpha female. I'm gonna go for Sigourney Weaver, and I'm gonna turn it, baby. <laughs> okay, so I would go for um, Jenna Louise Coleman. Who's that? that? Is a surprise. <laughs> she's um, she's an actress. Um, oh yeah. In Doctor Who. Oh god. Yeah. And she's a, a, a Spurs supporter. Mm, she's not. Oh, isn't she? No, I, I, just, ma- I just, I just, I just made that up. Just, <gasps> so it was convenient. Uh, she's supports Arsenal. She doesn't support Arsenal. Oh, um, so I'd, I'd, I'd have her. Um, I would have Nelson Mandela. Um, mm. If we're allowed to have a dead person, and can we get, can, can I just quickly go back to the Jenna Coleman? Yeah. Okay. Now, obviously, you'd have it for various reasons, right? Which Doctor Who would you be when you fucked her? <laughs> um, <laughs> Liam, you're a classic. Yeah. David, you're David Tennant. <laughs> I see. So it, yes, you'd be. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Okay, mm. thank you. And I'll tell you why, off air. Yeah, please. Um, oh. Okay, no, off air. Uh, I've lost my friend. So Mandela and um, General Louise Coleman and um, uh, it's got to be a Spurs footballer, did he? Oh, God. Um, I can't imagine Nelson Mandela would be that much of a laugh, though. I mean, okay, you could talk about world peace and shit, but come on. No, the know. man had quite the sense of humour, let me tell you. Oh, did he? Everybody, oh. everybody that mm-hmm. met him has said that he just he had this air of presence about him, but he could talk about anything. And uh, quite, quite an entertaining guy with a really wicked sense of humour. So, no, I think it would be a brilliant. Oh, cool. I take, um, I take my doubts back. Good. Well, David Beckham trained with us for a while. Who? When he was with David Beckham, when he was with oh, not David Beckham again. Here we go. He qualifies as first footballer. That's it. Here we go. Yeah, go on then. Anything else to say about him? Nope. Oh. He's so you've w- you, you've got David, really you've got David Beckham, and you've got you've got David Beckham, and you've got Mandela. Nelson Mandela. And they've met before, and they've got good rapport. And you've got they one do. more as well, haven't you? Jenna Louise Coleman. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Okay. She's not okay. there just to cook the meal. No, she'd be sitting on my lap. Um... <laughs> where would the party go, though? This is what I'm. I can see where my party's going. First karaoke, you know, get Terry out there. Who did I choose then? After Terry Venables, I can't Marks, remember. Mark Fuller. 
Oh. Howard Marks, that's right. So if you've had a few beers, you know, the, the, the wine's out, get the spliffs out. And then you've got, um, I can't remember who I chose as the third person, the Minx. Sigourney oh, Weaver. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver, that's right. And then we can all get Alien on her ass. I can see where my party's going. <laughs> well, I know no, where I... my party's going. Yeah. So I've got Please Elvis describe. singing to us. Mm-hmm. Elvis Presley singing to us. And then yeah. I have then I have a really great humorous conversation with Nelson Mandela about our country and the state that it's in at the moment. <laughs> I bet he can sing and, as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then... And he can dance. I mm. would... Uh, I wouldn't care for Nessa Chadley to speak. I'd just take him to the bed. <laughs> I'm shocked at your directness, Nikki. Oh, I have yeah. a newfound respect for you. You've done a few impressions over the course of the podcast. Can you do an impression of Rob? Rob, Christ. I'd have to listen to him a bit more, to be honest. I do have to study it, you know. But um, I did study accents Um it's a long time ago now, but it's a very fascinating thing. We're very lucky to live where we do. It's the Galapagos Island of, of accents. There are villages five miles apart, or they used to be 30 years ago, that actually had accents that were completely diametrically opposed to each other. But now that TV's moving in and people travel around a lot more, all those accents are being dissipated and it's all been gradually lost, but they have been recorded. And um, it's a wealth of... Uh, it's a wealth of material. Um, I can I can quickly do uh, Roy Hodgson uh, for you. I think the lads have played very well. Uh, 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 admittedly, uh, we haven't uh, got the ball to the monkey at the front like we uh, like we wanted. But uh, uh, Javet, thank you very much for having me on the show, uh, and I hope very much that uh, I'll be invited again and I can bore the pants off you uh, sometime in the future uh, and once again fuckity fuck I've always wanted to swear uh, in a, into a microphone thank you <laughs> Liam Hennessy asks please give an imaginary half time talk anyone Harold okay um, I think we can do this uh, in a couple of ways like we can be have a good cop and bad cop um, okay, so you do you do good cop, and uh, Mary, you can think about this. You're going to do bad cop. Okay, it it sort of depends on the score at half time, possibly. So, I'll say we're six nil up at half time. So the boys are in for a little bit of pampering or a little bit of a treat. So half time comes. Um, I might have laid on some half time shishas, a few. <laughs> <laughs> A few Mr. Kipling's Battenberg slices. <laughs> We'd have a bit of Chaz and Dave playing in the background. <laughs> uh, I'd let them play a bit of Candy Crush Saga if they wanted to relax a little bit. I'd have a few, <laughs> I'd have a few Spurs, Spurs bints, Spurs at bints, maybe to give their feet a little rub or anything else. I might like rubbing, for example. <laughs> And just before I'm they're about to go back out, I'd have to sort of do a little bit of Pochettino and just say, uh, <laughs> I am very, very happy. Mutros, putros, philosophy. Supporters, very, very happy. Scorchio! 
Excellent. I'm going to go and play for you, Carol. <laughs> Half time chat. <laughs> okay. All right. So bed cop, Mary. Well, my dressing room would be nothing like that. I would. I would employ. I think um, what I would like to call Timmy tactics. <laughs> no. <laughs> just lose. kind of like. Just kick the fucking ball, fucking you, you just fucking this you, and and basically throw things across the dressing room that generally gets in my way, like the odd player, the kit men, football boots, teacups, bottles, your jelly. <laughs> you know, whatever it is in there, you know, yeah, you back in this, back in. I think was was it Peter Reed that done that? Was it on TV years ago? And it was just bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah, no, I, I'd be hard ass. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into that nice shisha pipes. What the hell? Let's put on the second half, coughing and spluttering. Everything is nice and fruity. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't want my, I want my footballers to be badass. Okay. Okay. Badass they are. So when you go to the, when you go to a game, Jared, uh-huh. you pull in at the station. Do you have a routine? I mean, I know you've got this famous love of bagels, but I mean, what do you do when you get to? This, it varies. Cause it's it's quite. It will be quite often if it's during the week. It'll be after work, so I don't get uh. there. Um, so no, I don't have a routine, um, and, and quite often I'll get there um, just before kickoff. So um, it will vary. Um, other times, if I'm if I'm there early, then I'll I'll um, meet up with people beforehand. Um, but uh, yeah, no no routines. I'm not I'm not superstitious. Are you not? No. Oh, I, I am superstitious. I've even got a pair of underpants that uh, I've had to I've had to wear since the uh, 5-3 win at Chelsea. I've tried to replicate exactly what I do, uh, what I did before the Chelsea game. Oh God! <laughs> thing is, thing is, I've missed something out. I'm not doing something right because the Leicester game was fucking awful. I've tried to do exactly the same things. I'm really sorry. I I did something wrong. I can only apologise. It so wasn't that you forgot to, I forgot to shout or something. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> All right. Now, um, Liam Hennessy asks, would football kits be different if women designed them? <laughs> Brilliant question. Perhaps. He's answering How? that. I think. think that that very much depends on who you're planning on putting inside the kits. Now, if you're <laughs> going to put Metis Glee or Lamella in one of these new kits, then I think, you know, some kind of transparent material would be required. But, you know, just for general enjoyment. However, if you put in that ugly twat Wayne Rooney in one, Jesus, there's not enough material to cover him up, is there really? You can dress him, you can dress him in some kind of tent affair. And that would be perfect, including the case. <laughs> yeah, so, he needs, so maybe he, they he would be, but not necessarily. He would. He could just look a gap for his eyes type of thing, and that would be perfectly adequate. <laughs> and it wouldn't impede his playing style at all because he's currently running around like a tank. So, um, so yeah, that works for me. I think we should do that. Ooh, that's actually not a bad idea. I would, yeah, maybe we, we should. Him and that horrible Van Prick 
I mean Van Persie. Him. I, I can't stand their faces. I just, it just, oh, I just can't the, explain it. He could eat an apple through a tennis racket, couldn't he, that man? <laughs> <laughs> Him and Suarez. Which is a very unpleasant mix. Anyway, can we just stop because I'm not okay. feeling very well all of a sudden. I was thinking maybe, I was thinking maybe we could use a sort of mankini style kit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Only <laughs> <laughs> <Anything. laughs> Because I'm rather looking forward to seeing Stambouli's ghoulies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, I've got to stop now. <laughs> right. Aaron Wolf asks, if Javid, our beloved podmeister, met a girl that supported Arsenal but also brought him bagels before every game at the lane, should they raise their children as Spurs fans or just let them decide on their own? Rebecca, why don't you take this one? Spurs fans, absolutely. The Bagels is a nice touch, but at heart, she's a gooner. You've got to have more Spurs fans. You can't let her win this one. But the baby Bagels must be Spurs fans. <laughs> the baby Bagels. Baby bagels. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't. You, I, that's just ruinous, isn't it, to let them be anything else? You can't let them decide by themselves. So, yeah, you have to bring them up as Spurs fans. You have to train them from an early age. I don't think Jav, in all fairness, would allow them to become anything but Spurs fans. No. I mean, I'd like to think not. Bagels, you know. Although, he does love his bagels. I don't know. If mm-hmm. <laughs> right, somebody, just turn your dildo off. Right? Turn it off. <laughs> It's not, it's not me. No, it's not me either. I'm sorry, girls. It's it <laughs> happened. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> it's off now for the moment. <laughs> Why do you think I'm sounding so happy for goodness sake? Okay. <laughs> and that was me thinking it was wine. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> It is Valentine's Day. Wine, dildo, you know. <laughs> Similar. <laughs> I'm getting myself drunk to have my way with myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Joining me this week in a special edition, um, I'm in London and I've got Nikki Merritts in Jobo once again. Hi, everyone. And we've got two very special guests um, from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust, Martin Cloak and Katrina Law, who are in London. Hi there, how are you doing? Hello, good evening. Hi, hi guys. Thank you, thank you for taking the, the, the taking taking the time this evening to, to join us. So you both, um, you're both both co-chairs of the trust, and to to many people, um, not just in the UK, but but particularly overseas, and we've got lots of listeners overseas and, and Nikki's one of them and she's also takes part in the, uh, in, in, in the podcast um, we uh, a lot of people don't know what the, what, what, what the trust is have either never heard of the trust or maybe have a vague idea what the tr- trust does and to some degree um, well that's addressed in the article that you kindly wrote to us and and when we look at the questions and uh, later on um, a lot of what you do on a day-to-day basis um, will mm-hmm. we'll, we'll come out in that but if you could just briefly summarize in a sentence maybe or a couple of sentences what the trust does um, that'd be fantastic like I said bearing in mind we have lots of listeners overseas who maybe 
um, aren't fully aware? I think, um, I mean, I would say, rather than sort of drone on endlessly about uh, constitutional matters, uh, do, do read the article on the website because there's a link to an article which, which talks about where the trust movement in the UK came from. But I think basically trusts are, are there to give the fans of sporting clubs uh, a voice uh, in the running uh, of those clubs, uh, and if not in the running, certainly to give them a voice so that the, the people who do run those clubs take some notice. And the, the general idea is that if you give people a bit of a stake in something that they care about, uh, then you benefit and so do they. Okay. So, I, I could I just ask because I found this this part quite interesting in the article um, where you talk about obviously you deal with some big issues and and um, one of them was talking about the new stadium etc. But you also work on the smaller issues and you say here um, where you talk about the quality of the catering access issues and boosting the voice of overseas fans. What do you mean by that? How does how does that benefit us, for example? What the, the boosting the voice of the overseas fans? Um, yeah. it, it's it's an interesting conversation uh, that we're having at the moment. We've got quite a lot of the official overseas supporters clubs uh, affiliate to the trust, and part of the conversation that's going on at the moment is uh, what is it that those fans want? Because in terms of being a supporters organisation, there are you know the day-to-day -day ticketing issues that we deal with. Obviously, you've got to be able to get to the ground fairly regularly to view those as important. If you're living in uh, in America or in Australia, uh, where we've got a lot of fans, then you're not going to be travelling to White Hart Lane fairly regularly, but you still want to show your support um, to the club. Uh, and so we have, we're having a conversation there because we're not a marketing arm of the club. We're not there to, to help them commercially. And a lot of the time, what a lot of overseas fans want is, you know, can we get some kind of cheaper merchandise or... Uh, you know, is there a way that, you know, when we're all gathering together to watch the game, we can do something as well? What, what we're trying to do in terms of giving, uh, when we say giving the overseas fans a bit more of a voice is find out exactly what it is that they're not getting from maybe that commercial relationship from the club. Uh, you know, is there a way that we can represent uh, particular things that they're concerned about? Uh, you know, it may be that we find out in the end that, that we can't, but it just seems at the moment that overseas fans are simply seen uh, as a potential source of income. And I think like fans everywhere, uh, overseas fans want to have some kind of more solid connection to the club. They want to feel a little bit more as if they're part of it. So one of the ideas that we've suggested to the club, which again come from talking to overseas fans, and I think it's important that we don't just decide what people want, we ask people what they want as well, and we say to the club that's a good idea. Um, one of the yeah. ideas that we've suggested is an overseas fans council. Uh, and that may well be something that deals primarily with if we want to organize a plane load of people that are going to come from Stockholm or Dallas or Brisbane or whatever for a game, how can we do that? Can we get some kind of discount? Can we get some tour? Can we maybe meet a player? You know, something like that. Uh, and it may be that our role is simply to facilitate those groups getting in touch with the club. Um, but I think if they're in touch with people that have got that kind of fans perspective primarily, uh, it might be something that helps them. But, you know, to be honest, it's a slightly rambling answer, but we're having that conversation about how can we best do that uh, and what is it that fans overseas want uh, that, that may be different um, to fans in the UK. Well, one of the interesting things we did find, we were on the uh, Hotspur America podcast a couple of weeks ago uh, and talking about um, this idea of, you know, the, the one game in the Premier League being played overseas. And there was a whole argument about that. And a lot of the UK fan organisations came out against that and they said that that would, that would spoil the, uh, you know, the, the integrity and the quality of the competition. 
Um, and we were talking to, and we thought, you know, well, is that something that overseas people say? Well, actually, we want to see our, our, our club here. And there was quite a strong line from, from the guys in America who were saying, uh, you know, in the same way that they don't want to see NFL games played overseas because it's an American game. It's that, you know, Tottenham at White Hart Lane is where they play. So if you want to go and see Barcelona, you want to go to their stadium, you don't want to see them play somewhere else. And so it was almost that they were even fiercer in their opposition to the idea of a game being played overseas. And that was an interesting... Yeah, 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 absolutely. And a lot of football authorities were saying, oh, you know, that all of the overseas fans will want this. But as usual, the fans aren't asked. People just, you know, running football claim to to say, uh, you know, claim to know what people think. So, you know, things like that are are, are interesting because we can then say, well, actually, we've spoken to people and they don't agree with that or they don't think that. And what they want is something that's slightly different. I'll just jump in here quickly. So we have 25 supporters clubs, overseas supporters clubs, who are members of the trust at this moment in time. So as well as feeding back their wish list, as it were, and their request to Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, we also kind of facilitate a networking. So we introduce different trusts to different trusts, sorry, different supporters clubs to different supporters clubs through the trust so they can have a dialogue themselves. So there's like a cross-learning thing going on as well. So it's kind of creating a little community. That's kind of what we do also. Right. Off those um, smaller but still important stuff that uh, that, that Nikki referred to um, in, mm-hmm. or in, in, in the article, one of them, of course, was catering. Um, and I should <laughs> should take this opportunity to um, thank Kat for her work in bringing back <laughs> smoked salmon bagels to to, to the South Lower. Um, this is yeah, something yeah, which. Well, yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you've done. I'm sure you've had really fine moments along the years, but but for, for me personally, um, this has been a little bit of an in joke on, on, on the Tottenham for Family podcast. But um, I had been um, campaigning for a few months and writing to the club and trying to get get. An oh, have you really? I was, yeah. I was. I was. I was trying to get an answer from them as to why you could get them in the upper tiers, um, the East Upper, for instance, but not in, not in the lower tiers. And yeah. eventually, it sort of actually coincided with, with, with the time that you stepped in. Um, a gentleman who um, you know, and I've I've also met at the Leicester game, or before the Leicester game, a guy called Terry Buxton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Catering yeah. manager, really nice guy. He That's spoke yeah. He spoke to me before the, um, a few weeks before the Leicester game, and he, and he mentioned um, that in parallel to me... Um, battering the club for several months that <laughs> you had also spoken to him and that um smoked salmon bagels would be would would would, would, would be in the park lane low and lo and behold um at the i um... take the credit for that if i were you mate you can have that one <laughs> 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 small thing you see it all builds up to big experience yeah. the, the irony is so at, at that at, at the left game we, we mess up beforehand and he was kind enough to Buy, even buy a bagel for me, which was very, very, oh, very wow. n- nice of him to do that. Um, the irony is, for the past five weeks, I've I've stopped eating bread. Um, no. So um, I haven't really been able to enjoy. I mean, there, there is work still to be done because Martin has a bagel for me, don't you, Mark? I've got a massive bugbear about this as well, considering you know our, our history. Because every time I ask for a smoked salmon and cream cheese bagel, they bring me two bagels. It's one bagel. How could it not be one bagel? <laughs> you know, that is the bagel, isn't it? But anyway, so you know, this, this is now going to turn into this is this is going to go either into the press or onto another podcast. Is that all they did was talk about bagels? You know, what about winning the league? You know, well, they've got their priorities all wrong. I think 
the important, oh, there's two important underlying points there, and it's not really about bagels, but it's it's about the fact that well, it's about bagels. It's about the fact that oh, I suppose Tottenham has got this tradition of being, you know, with football clubs. You you sort of associate Bovril and and pies and and burgers and whatnot. Yeah. But Spurs, you can get smoked some bagel. And that's a tradition that's, that's gone way back. But also. Cool. Um, where the trust is concerned, um, although it's one of those small things, the fact that you've campaigned for it and you've got the sort of ch- channels and, and you're able to talk to um, the catering manager and, and people within the club and, and get that looked at is it's really good. And it just sort of shows that um, it, it underlies some of the work that the, 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 the trust does, albeit I'm sure that there are far more important things that, that you've achieved along the way. I, I think that's right. I mean, there, there, there is a serious point there, and it goes back to, you know, sort of what, what are you there and what, you know, sort of what's the basic idea of a trust? Is that, you know, in the end, it's, it's a leisure pursuit, and we are customers that, that go along to, to a business. And, you know, those words are kind of quite loaded, but that's, that's what it is. And it obviously means a lot more to us than, than just a sort of business and an exchange of money. But if we're going along, uh, we should be treated uh, well, uh, you know, and not taken for granted. And I think for a long, long time, uh, certainly in the game uh, in England, um, supporters were taken for granted. They turned up, they paid their money, and that was it. It doesn't matter if there were no ladies' toilets. It doesn't matter if the facilities are squalid. It doesn't matter if the food's rubbish and overpriced. Uh, and, you know, they, they do seem like little things, but it's all part of saying, actually, we're quite important as well, and we should be treated with a little bit of respect. And maybe if we want something, you know, there's a mutual benefit, you know, in improving the food, for example, because the club makes some money and we have a better experience. So it's that whole thing of, of saying, uh, you know what, when you're thinking about a football club and the players and the business side of it and the balance sheet and whatever, think about the fans as well, because we're quite an important part of the mm. equation. Absolutely, and that's not to sound self-important, but you know there is that football without fans is nothing, which I, I see that you know you've used on the photos of that, that banner on the article. But mm. but that is true, and it's something that, that we push at every opportunity. Absolutely, you 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 summed it up perfectly in your your opening line on the article, where you said the success of English football is based on the loyalty and passion of football supporters as much as the exploits of those who pull on the shirt. So true, because without the supporters, there is you know. The team's not going to be popular. Nobody's going to support uh, yeah. Nobody's going to buy the merchandise. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to go to the games. Yeah. Nope. yeah. We're, we're, we're part of the equation. I mean, I think sometimes people say, you know, the people involved in the supporters' movement or supporter activists, whatever you want to call them, think that the fans are the most important part. Uh, and I don't really think any of us do. That in the end, all of us, we, you know, we're supporters. We support the team. We think the team is the most important thing. But it's just... You know, sort of saying it's seeing us as part of the equation uh, and, and and giving us a little, a little bit of respect, especially with the amount of money that most of us put into the club as well. Yeah, well, part Not, of the that is the only measure of the support, but you know, yeah, yeah. Okay, so before we dive into questions, um, just Nikki, you just a reminder: um, the article was published earlier today. Yeah, the article was published this morning, and you can find it on our webpage, the Tottenham Hotspur Family and um, so far, we've we've had quite a few hits on it, and quite a good response from reading the article. And we're hoping that after this podcast, we'll get you know more exposure to it because it's really really interesting, and and it it tells you exactly what the THST does. So thanks, Martin. We really do appreciate you writing it for us. No, thanks for giving us the opportunity to uh, to tell people what we do. That was Cat Laws and Martin Cloak from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. Right, let's get back to some more light-hearted stuff. Oh, it's another one from Laquinda. He asks, explain offside. 
anyone? Uh, You're offside when you come through my front door, mate. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's also the opposite to onside, Lackwindow, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> Is it? No one told me. I dislike the sexist nature of that particular question. The implication being that because we're girls, we don't get it. So, Mr. Lacquinda, thank you very much for your question, but I'm going to decline to answer on those grounds. That's what you're basically saying, stick it right up your jacksie. Pretty much. <laughs> but I was being polite. <laughs> what the girls said, I like that. Moving yes. on swiftly, we won't dwell on that any longer. Um, Paul Esau asks, what's the one thing that other females do or say that make you feel like they're letting the team down, the girl side down? They ask, what's the offside rule? That's a girl <laughs> question. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's a good question, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, Carol? Um, what do females do that let us down? Um, they fucking support Chelsea for a start. <laughs> Some of the skankiest of the female race would uh, would support such a club as the Chavs. Um, yeah, so I think they let us down by um, supporting Chelsea. Okay, Lynette? Mm, tough one. I think the thing that really winds me up is the Chelsea. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. You know, taking the photos in their club shirts with their little skimpy knickers on, pulling the bloody duck face and then <laughs> bitching at the boys for sort of saying, oh, you look hot. And well, that's exactly what you fucking wanted, you dumb bitch. You can't then have a go. <laughs> Round of applause. <laughs> well said, Lynette. <laughs> the duck face. <laughs> bimbos. They are that generally they think, bimbos. That they think looks like a pout, but actually it looked like Donald Duck, darling. Yeah, trout pout. <laughs> Meza, what do you think? Um, I have a bit, a bit, bit of an issue with women who take handbags to football matches. <laughs> <laughs> and I, many, many moons ago, went to a Millwall game. Now, was given free tickets. And my friend, now, she would no excuse. She's been to football before. She's not a big fan. She had been to the New Den, and um, half time, she goes and gets a pint of lager, and then gets really arsy because the steward said you can't take it back up to your seat. Now, given where we are, you can't take anything in at Millwall, and um, she starts ranting and raving, and I just looked at her and went, "You're having a go at the steward over a pint of lager, and you've got a fucking handbag." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do not bring a handbag to a fucking football match, and she was like. In your pockets. Put your stuff in your pockets. Bring as little as possible. Back pocket, jacket pocket, whatever. Do not go to football at handbag. And she'll be like, oh, okay. That was the end of that <laughs> argument. Okay, Mazza, you're not going to the Fiorentina game, are you? Please say no. No, man. <laughs> so I'm okay to take my bag when you're not there. No, you see, no. I'm saying that. I can understand people coming from work, if you're coming straight from work. Stuff like that, and you have a mat. I mean, I know guys have bags these days as well. If you've got a big bag or whatever, 
but like a proper bloody two hundred pound bag with full of makeup. And then, and do you know what's the other thing that really winds me up? <laughs> Who let Mary out cage on this one? <laughs> it's selfies, right? I went to a youth game last year between Arsenal and Charlton. And I'm not joking you, there was these two birds in front of me and they spent the entire time taking selfies. Oh, my God. And I wanted to just boot them in the back. (laughs) 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 So I'm more than happy, but it really annoys me. And, yeah, women do get the side down when they make stupid statements and, you know. And handbags from football. Are you going to, but are you going to um, ask the question about D-cut breasts? Um, That's a quickie, isn't it? Isn't that... Okay, I wasn't going to, but just for you. Um... Yeah, absolutely. I could. Well, the question was, as a man, so I suppose this is just me and you, Kent, Jared, it really. Kent, Kent, it was Kent Goodrich. Kent Goodrich. Goodrich. Okay. Goodrich. As a man, what would be worse? To... I'm sorry, I'm stealing your thunder here, Jared. That's fine. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm I'm Javid Mavedi, and welcome to the Spurs <laughs> Family Podcast. Uh, uh, questions. I'm... Oh. Kent Goodrich asks, as a man, what would be worse? To wake up to find you have grown gorgeous, firm, spectacular, but completely non-removable D-cut breasts or find that your testicles have disappeared? Well, I would say the former because at least you've still got your testicles and your manhood um, and you've got a pair of breasts as well, which, um, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I was going to say no contest. I could happily live my whole life with having my own pair of gorgeous, firm, spectacular D-cut breasts. Basically, they're man boobs, effectively. So, yeah. you know, it's not the end of the world, but at least you've, at least you've still got your balls and you're still a man. Yeah, so. yeah. Do you want yeah. us to answer that? Yes, please. Um, I'll stick I was my... just going to think how much money you're making in the press. What, if I had testicles? Well, no, if the boys are thinking, if they turn up with you know, D-cut boobs, then... I, I don't know, is that a whole new lifestyle as a page three model? Um, but the media would absolutely adore you. <laughs> You'd make a fortune from that alone, wouldn't you? Selling your story to whatever rag you choose. I'll stick okay. with the. I'll stick with my breath. Thank you. Yeah, I'm <laughs> that. I wasn't even going to answer, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving along quickly. Okay, no, no, just go on. for a minute, all that stuff kind of bashing against your thighs, and is it does it not kind of get in the way and annoy you? <laughs> well, it depends on. No, Be really careful. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. let's just let's just move quickly along. I think Kent lives for sending questions every week, sending bizarre, sick, twisted, perverted questions to the podcast every week. That I think that's his sole existence in life. That that's what he was born to do, mm-hmm. um, and I like him for it. So Kent <laughs> asks, um, "Your rich but twisted uncle, oh god, croaks and leaves you ten million pounds payable in one year." He also designates that another 10 million goes to a charity of your choice, so that's quite admirable. Um, Also payable in one year. However, there is a catch. You have to spend that entire year in the constant company of Sol Campbell. So you're each fitted with a proximity sensor that goes off if you stray further than four feet from each other. If you move too far apart and it beeps, you fail. And you and, and your charity lose all that money. So just think of that charity and all those children and all, whatever they are, whoever they are, and you know, you're depriving them of all that money. Indeed. Um, so, soul, so, so, picture the, so picture the scenario. So it would be soul in the morning, soul at the night, soul taking a dump while you're brushing your teeth. Um, 
soul, effectively. So speaking and justifying his Francis um, life for a solid year, and you can't and you can't assault him and you can't kill him. So what what do you do? Um, I probably wouldn't do it for a whole year. Whole year, yep. Uh, I'd raise the money some other way, sell my body, do something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it'd have to be something else. I, I wouldn't do it. He makes me. It's only a year. Me. But it's only a year. So you draw up a big chart of how many days to go and gleefully get up every morning and cross one off right under his, you know, not further than four foot away from your nose. And gleefully get up after sharing a bed with him every night for a year. You don't have to, four foot. So you could that's not the same <laughs> bed, is it? <laughs> Necessarily. Me. But so you get up in the morning, but you know it's only a year. It's gonna be a fucking long year, there's no mistake, but it is only a year. And I think ten being in the loo charity, there, but he's doing a poo. Oh, you know, you stand the other but, side but, of the but, door, four foot but away. Think, but think of the other when when you're doing a, when he's brushing his teeth and you're doing a poo, you can you know, you can do a smelly <laughs> one and just make him. My darling, I don't. I'm like the queen. I don't do smelly poos. <laughs> <laughs> you could engineer a situation where you do a smelly poo just to piss him off. Oh yeah, let's do that. You can engineer lots of situations to make him really uncomfortable. You could make him sit there and watch every Spurs game with you and say. Look, look, do you remember when you used to play for this team? Do you remember what you did? So you ah. could remind him of that every single day. Yeah. If he, he went to a game, me. you'd have yeah. to bring him with you. Yes. Yeah, he could, he could be my <laughs> bagel bitch. Everyone would think he was a boyfriend. <laughs> no, he, he could be my bagel bitch. <laughs> he could be. But... And, and and if he doesn't get a bagel, I'll blame it on him. And I'll, I'll, if I can't physically abuse him or mentally abuse him, I'll crush him. I'll, I'll make him half the man that he is. I don't, it's not going to take much effort, is it? No, no. And if you went to watch Spurs at the lane, he'd have to come with you, and then he'd get beaten up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what if? So what if you? What if he strayed away? So what if you did something that annoyed him, and then he strayed away? Would you? Would you then lose the money? Yeah, four feet. Ding! The buzzer goes off. Well, I don't know. You see, I reckon that's the next instalment from Kent. That will be in next week's podcast. This is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you could have a series of questions about it, couldn't you? What happens if, or this is what happens? So I, I would do it for a year, but I would make his life, not mine, yeah, absolutely as, as uncomfortable as possible. Yeah, yeah. If, he then, if he then strays away and I lose the money, fine, okay? That's his fault. Mm. And then I'll blame him forevermore. But at least I know that I've done my bit and, yeah. Deb, are you a yes or a no then? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'm a really annoying bastard at times, so uh, <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> no, only, at times, most I'm of the time. I'm the only no. <laughs> You have principles, though, Carol, so, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, have none. No, but Bex is Mother Earth, so she can, she can live with the whole poo thing. You know? <laughs> I've got a small child. Well, not small anymore, but, you know, have a child, so really living with Sol Campbell can't be any worse than living with Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, there you have it. Sol Campbell... Um... Spending the full, spend, spending, spending time with Sol Campbell for a whole year. Who would have thought it? Right. Thank you, um, Carol Hayward, um, as ever. Thank you, um, Rebecca Braddock, and thank you, Devon Pandya. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Well, Nick Phil asks, um, following on from last week, from Kent, Kent Goodrich's question last week about spending year with Judas. But, um, 
what would be what would be the first thing you did after your year, year, year was up? You and your charity have got ten million each, um, and you are soul free. So, what do you do with the first night of freedom? So, just to explain, um, last week we had a question from Kent Goodrich, and it was all about having a proximity sensor fitted, um, so you'd be four, within four feet of Sol Campbell. Um, and if you did that for a whole year, um, you'd get, uh, be awarded ten million pounds. Um, so. I think I should come to you, Bex, because you were on the pod last week. <laughs> um, okay, so the obvious one is shower in bleach and um, burn everything that he touched in my house. But the real answer is go and spend a night in a really nice posh hotel by myself with loads of room. So I didn't have to have anybody else around me. I could go out for dinner. I could do whatever I liked with no fucking Judas anywhere near me. <laughs> I guess that would be it. Jess? Well... If I had to spend that amount of time, I'd be in his ear constantly. <laughs> and, and I would be straight on to publishers to release my memoirs of my years spent with that arsehole. <laughs> How you can be a black guy from a working class background now as a bloody Tory going out hunting. How you can be the Spurs captain and then go and sign for Arsenal on a free. How you can then be the Arsenal captain and tell your manager you want to go and play overseas and play for Portsmouth. The guy is an absolute charlatan. And that would be my book would be entitled A Year with a Charlatan. <laughs> Fair enough. Good answer. Um, Nick? Uh, well, I would after. say uh, punch him square in the face, but... <laughs> They um, might eat your back, Nick. He's a big lump. He is a big lump, and to be fair, that's true. But I think there's no point in doing that. Because... Oh, gee, you're a big lump, and also, you know. Thank you very much. Yeah, but wouldn't but it be thought... worth it, though? Yeah. Wouldn't it be worth it just to have but you say that. But you, <laughs> but you say that. I'm £10 million richer, you know, and he's, he's going to get hit in the face because I'm going to Spurs game still. He's coming with me. Yeah, There's plenty yeah. of people going to hit him on the way through the, the last year. So, <laughs> but he's I, even sold out his brothers. His brother's a Spurs fan as well. I mean, he, he the, is, isn't he? Yeah. The man is an absolute. Oh, he's, yeah. oh, he's, a, dis, he's a disgrace to humanity. He's he's not. He's a morally bankrupt. I think someone said about yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely spot on. So uh, I don't know, but I'll just be glad to be soul free. One arsehole left, and my money's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I would spend the money on therapy because you'd, you'd, you'd do that actually, yeah. Therapy, that, yeah. Soul therapy. Yeah, it begs the question why why ever agreed to do it in the first place? Um, I right. didn't because of the children or whatever it is that you're giving your money to. True, yeah, for good cause. There'd be no um, puppies and children getting anything. <laughs> Kent Goodrich um, asks, who of the current squad would you go on holiday with and where? <sighs> At least. <sighs> See, I can't say, because it just sounds like I'm a dirty old woman. I'm too old for most of them. It's like, yeah, anyway, <laughs> it just is. <laughs> okay, Ch- Ch- Nikki, Chadley and who else? Potch, I presume. Oh, Chadley and Potch, and they can fight over me while they're trying to pleasure me <laughs> where, where she... they could they could fart over you while they try and pleasure you. that really is an image to behold so I where would with you... me for the rest of the day oh, where would you come up with a new word <laughs> if i was a lady what i'd do is i'd just get them all in the dark because i really wouldn't want to discriminate in terms of looks and we'd just have a massive <laughs> fuck up on and <laughs> I decide. I decide who would qualify for the bonus award trip 
to a destination of their choice. And that, yeah, exactly. But that's that's what I'm like. I'm fair-minded. I'm inclusive. You fucking bloody appearance Nazis. So Paul Ethel asks, we'll be celebrating 134 years of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club next year. We look back at what we call the history books, pre-birth, and have also lived a part of that history too. What do you think they will say about us in another 134 years from now? Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. At all. I have no... No, I have no idea, but hopefully I'll say that the Pochettino era was era was um, a, a successful era. It was the beginning of his first tra- his first trophies. season was transitional and transitional, yeah. yeah. But then and you know there, there was uh, difficult matches against Stoke, losing at home to Stoke and West Brom and and people getting on his back. But he turned it around and we got to a cup final. And then the season after that, um, the glory days returned to White Hart Lane and. Yeah, it was it was the start of something successful, and it also that year also coincided with the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast, and that was really important, and it, it set the the mark for all other podcasts. And Bagels returned to White Hart Lane, and yeah, um, that's right. how they'll they'll be talking about. And that was a special edition of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast, looking back at some of the lighter moments from the first season of the pod. Thank you for listening. And as ever, the future's bright, the future's clearly white. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.